The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. this natural healer. You are a functional medical coach, holistic health coach. We're here with Shiva Rahani Fard. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited. I am so excited to talk to you. And I feel like so many women listening to this podcast are going to be like, oh my gosh, this podcast is one I've needed to hear for so long because in this world that we live in, where there is a pill for everything, we are literally given a pill for everything. You can't sleep. We got a pill. You got ADHD. Let's give you a pill. You got a uh, depression, anxiety. And I'm not saying any of that's wrong because believe me, I have been on all the pills at different times in my life and they have helped me. And you know, it's, um, I think there's a place for everything, but I also think there's sometimes you can just get a pill when you don't need a pill. And that can cause way more problems in your body because it might numb or block or fix. And once again, I'm not a, not once again, I'm not a doctor and you're not a doctor stating that for the record. None of this is doctor information. Want to lay that out in the very beginning, but Shiva is a functional medicine coach. So you have a lot of knowledge on holistic healing and you have personal knowledge with being on meds for what, 17 years of your life. Yeah. So that's a really great point that you make and would like to also preface in the beginning that there's a place for everything. And I'm not against someone trying a medication when they're in a place where they really need it. Um, But what I think our world lacks is knowledge of what can help if you're either going to a doctor because, you know, you're going through a rough time in your life and maybe that's what's causing your ADHD or, you know, maybe that's what's causing your anxiety or depression. And so 
Um, I want to bring knowledge to people and help them understand there's alternatives to try before you, you get on a medication that's basically going to be super addictive and be really tough to get off of. So your journey started and we met, uh, you're one of those people that I met and I was like, oh, I love you so much. Like the first time I met you, we both have Julie, (laughs) Julie Solomon is a mutual friend. I had her on the podcast. She just wrote this incredible already bestseller book, get what you want. And she is all about like pitching yourself perfectly and learning how to pitch yourself and learning your strengths, learning your purpose and learning your why. And you and Julie are like childhood besties, right? Yeah. We met in middle school. (laughs) We were best friends in middle school and then just have been best friends since. Our journeys have just always gone the same direction. So it's been pretty cool. It's so cool to see that because we met at one of Julie's like book launch parties and we ended up like sitting and talking for a long time. And I got to uncover your health journey because you're in the middle of like uncovering so many things, also including breast implants. You had breast implants, remove them. We're going to talk about that. And I love that, like, when you have a friend like you and Julie, how cool that y'all have had this friendship and you've grown through all these seasons and y'all both are so, and y'all have so much information to enlighten people with. Y'all both grown in your own, like your own purpose and passion so much and you're sharing in such incredible ways. It's so cool that y'all have that friendship. Yeah. Yeah. She's been an incredible person in my life and has always been super supportive and, um, she's very holistic too, and kind of loves a lot of the same things I do. So it's been fun. So let's talk about how you got started on this wellness journey, what it started, like, how did you get into the world of prescriptions? And then how did you get out of the world of prescriptions? Yeah. So when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, and depression. It was also around the time when I started my period and, um, you know, I was a, a female and, um, all these crazy changes were happening with my body. And, um, you know, they diagnosed me with PMDD, which is basically high estrogen and really bad PMS. And so, um, their answer was kind of to put me on medications to fix the problem, which included birth control. Um, my teacher was actually the one who decided to prescribe me or tell my parents that I needed to be prescribed with Adderall. Um, cause I just couldn't sit still in class. And so I you're think- 12 years old and you're getting on birth control and Adderall at 12, like right when you're, let's not forget too, we're leaving adolescence coming into teenage years. Like so much is changing. You made a video, a reel that kind of brought tears to my eyes when you were like reenacting, like how you were told to behave as a kid. And they're like, sit down, stop talking. And like, you're like sitting down and it makes me cheery and like quieting yourself because you have all this energy that was told to be suppressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, we're, we're kids, right? We're, we're growing up, we're learning, we're trying to understand who we are and, um, suppressing a lot of that is, is not, positive. It's, it's just a matter of figuring out the right tools and the right foods and the right things to be putting into your body to make that balance a little bit better. Um, but I, I vividly remember as a kid, you know, being told a lot and actually to this day, interrupting you, you interrupt a lot, you know, you should just let people speak, which is something that I've grown in a ton. Um, but it's something that you get excited and you want to speak and you want to be like, yes, I, I am too, you know, the same way. And this is my story. And, um, and so to be hushed a lot can, can change that confidence level in a kid. And so, um, a lot of the things that I teach some of the parents that come to me with kids, 
um, or proper wording and techniques to kind of change uh, the way you're speaking to your kids when they have those moments, because it can be hard as a parent, right? It's like you want to do what's best for your child and you want to help them prosper and grow and be successful in this world. And so it can be confusing if you don't understand what's actually going on with your kid. But that is just so, now that you're saying this all out loud, you're 12 years old, you're hitting puberty, you are getting your period, you are changing from a, a, a little t- kid into your, you know, I'm not a girl, not yet woman, as Brittany said, you're in that season of like transitioning. Of course, you're, we are going as, as humans to be all over the place, like hormones coming in that makes anybody crazy, not crazy, but like, we're going to be all over the place. Our bodies are completely changing. And so, and I feel like, I feel like when, Adderall and all this stuff came out, there was just a wave of every kid getting on Adderall who like speaks up or can't be quiet or whatever. But also kids aren't meant to be quiet. You know, like kids aren't meant to be hushed. Like kids want to run and play and move their bodies to sit at a desk for hours. And I'm not trying to knock school, but that is hard for a kid who like has a million thoughts going through their head. who wants to go run and play who like is like coming into their body, like totally changing, like how uh, to sit all day in a desk and behave perfectly. Yeah, that's that's not the system definitely is a little off. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where without the education, which back then, I mean, this was what, 20 something years ago, back then, there was not that much education on the alternatives, right. And so um, we go to our doctors, we trust what they say. And that's kind of what we go with, because they're the leader in health. And and so what I've been really unfolding the last decade is how little that is true and how we should really be taking our health into our own hands um, and trusting our intuition and our gut when something is off. So here you are 12 years old in school and you are told that you need to get on Adderall and birth control. So what does that look like? How does that play out? What happens? How does that go down and what changes within you? Yeah. So my parents were actually very against it. Um, I'm very lucky to grow up in a family that was very holistic and wanted my mom, like doesn't take Tylenol, like she hates it. And so, um, but because I was struggling in school, I mean, I didn't have terrible grades, but I kind of struggled and, um, it was told by the doctor as well as a teacher, you trust that and you go with it. And so when I started to take it, They actually prescribed me too much to start. And I uh, went to the hospital a few times with panic attacks because my anxiety was so bad. Um, It took months, maybe almost a year for me to really figure out what that looked like for me with taking medication and what worked. What I was loving about it was that I was confident and like energetic and paying attention in class. Like any teacher, I, I turned into the teacher's pet, right? And so more than anything, I think as a 12 year old, you, you gain confidence with an amphetamine, right? It's right. like you're put on this drug that makes you feel like you're on top of the world. So I push my parents and we're like, yes, this is working. I feel smarter. I feel better. And so, so that's kind of the, the start. And so little by little over the next four to five years, um, I, my anxiety issues started to increase and my depression started to increase. Um, and I was then put on an anxiety and depression medication in high school. And so it just kept tumbling into more medications. And 
as I thought it was helping when I really look back, it was causing a lot of issues for me. And that included, um, I wasn't able to be present in a moment. I, I think that's one of my biggest realizations when I got off of the medication was that I wasn't able to like really be there in a moment. I was, I was in my head a lot. Um, mm. What was important to me was making, you know, as I got older was making money business and that was it. Um, I actually pushed aside even getting married and having the family and doing all the things because my mind was just so focused on one thing. Um, I had sleep issues. I had gut issues. Like I would always have digestive issues and problems with when I ate. Um, So little by little, the medications and the side effects just got worse and worse. And the only answer I got was here's another pill. So that's kind of where my journey started to go downhill. Um, and because I struggled with anxiety, depression, ADHD, I really got into exercise and exercise was something that was really mind blowing to me that it helped my anxiety and depression and ADHD. And so did your heart feel like you're going to explode when you were, (laughs) because isn't that dangerous to be like running or exercising really hard with a bunch of Adderall in your system? Yeah. It's actually not good to do high intensity cardio with (laughs) Adderall at all. Yeah. I mean, they did it. They do an, an EKG on you every single year for a reason. Um, that's part of the process of being on Adderall. Okay. So you, <laughs> you were, so you got into, so, okay. So the, so when did the exercise start? You started moving yeah. into that. I started exercising close to, I guess I would say freshman year in college. So Um, as I had a lot of still had disciplinary issues, I started drinking super young. Like I, I would, I would do things to kind of numb the, the high, I guess you could say, because I was so ramped up all the time and didn't realize how ramped up I really was. And then when college hit is when I got into exercise more because I wanted to go into physical therapy. I wanted to go in the healthcare field. I was very passionate about helping others. And so I decided to go into exercise science, nutrition, and health minor for college. And that's when I started to regular exercise because my weight started to fluctuate too. So that was another really crazy side effect of the Adderall is because my hormones were so off, my weight would fluctuate. I would gain 30 pounds and then I would lose it. I would have a lot of inflammation in my body. And so when I started to exercise, started to lose weight, started to feel good, um, that's kind of where my journey went to coaching and becoming a personal trainer and really helping people out, um, in that aspect. And so that's kind of where I understood a little bit more about that holistic health, um, and, and really started to dive into exercise and nutrition and what it can do for you. So your whole adolescence, like your whole teenage years, you don't know what you really, your personality really was like. Mm-hmm. No. And a lot of things stayed, were similar after I got off of it. Um, but I think the biggest things that were eye-opening to me after I got off of the meds was the things that I loved and enjoyed, what was, what I was passionate about, um, who I was just in general, definitely, um, shifted because I, I, I was, I was doing what I thought was me. Right. And I felt like I was, you know, literally a stranger in my own body. I like think the whole time. Did you feel like a stranger in your own body? Yeah, I think, I think 
you don't realize it until you're out, right? Until it's out of my system, until I decided to get off of it. And that breaking point in that moment was years later, I was, I still co-owned Title Boxing Club in Cool Springs and uh, was an owner of a gym. I had multiple investments. I had done all the business things that you think you should do. Very well connected in Nashville. Felt like all of those things that were important to me that were supposed to make me happy and I still wasn't happy. Right. So I just, I got to a place where like I had done all the things and something was still off. Something didn't feel right. Um, and I tried to get off of the medication two or three times before and was unsuccessful because I didn't have the right tools. So what um, is that? What, what, why would it be unsuccessful? Like, so you can't just quit Adderall. Yeah. I mean, for the people who do like props to you, cause there are people who are able to do it and it just is seamless and it's no big deal. But after 17 years on a medication, um, it, the withdrawal symptoms are, in my opinion, I probably should have gone to rehab if that, if that tells you anything. Um, I was, I had flu like symptoms at one point when I was getting off of it, I could barely leave the house. Uh, my anxiety was so high. My depression was so bad that I was in bed all day long for days upon days. Um, and that is when I decided that I was going to become a silent partner in my business. And I was going to move across the country to California and kind of start over, um, start fresh, figure myself out kind of. Really? Yeah. What was the moment? Like, what was the inner voice inside of you? That's like, okay, we're going to go through this withdrawal. We're going to take, we're going to cleanse our whole system and we're going to like, I'm going to start fresh. Like what, why did you do that? Like, why did you want to do that? So my memory is still a little off from years of being on it. I think that's one of the worst side effects of all. Like I'll, I'll start to like, remember here and there. Um, but the biggest thing for me, I think was, was at one point it just stopped working too. Right. It's like, I had gone through Concerta and Vivance and Adderall and like the symptoms and the side effects were so bad, like sleep issues, digestive issues, like the anxiety. I think it's the anxiety more than anything. Um, and I didn't feel authentic being in the health and wellness industry and being on this, this drug. I, I felt inauthentic. I, I think that's the biggest thing is for years and years, I was, I was on this path of, of, that's not me. Right. And it just didn't feel great to be on something like that. And so I, I think I was just really unhappy and I was like, you know what, taking this next six months off to figure this out is worth it. Um, and, and that's kind of what I did is, is, you know, take off of life for a bit and figure it out. Uh, was it I, kind of like a big experiment? You're like, I'm just going to like cut the cord on all this and see what happens. Yeah. Is it so kind of terrifying? It, was, it, it is terrifying because the first few times I tried, um, cause you lose all motivation and a lot of the doctors and I'd go back to the doctor and they would say, well, it's because you need the drug. It's because you need Adderall and you need to be on it for the rest of your life. And that's okay. And so that was the answer I'd always get. And so I started to go into looking at functional medicine doctors and spent thousands and thousands of dollars to try to figure out what was going on and why I was feeling the way I was. And I think that's another really big point to make is when you're going through that process of detoxes, when you don't understand what your, what your body is doing and what's happening to your body, 
you start to get really fearful and scared. And so you immediately go back on the drug because you're like, holy crap, my, my brain is fried. Like it's done. I have to do this. I mean, I remember at points through the withdrawal process, I was having a hard time getting sentences out. Like I couldn't put sentences together, um, which is, was scary. I mean, and you know, what's terrifying too, Shiva is you started this when you're 12 and now you're in your twenties. Like, what are you now? Like 20, almost 30 when you're getting off of it. Yeah, I was 32. So most of your cognitive life that you have like recollection and awareness of and like memories of, you know, because we don't remember much before 10, honestly, maybe some, but like it's spotty, like you've relied on this. And so to think that and to be told that you need to be on this drug for your whole life, that you cannot function without it. All of your doctors are saying this is going to be a part of your life no matter what. You just need it. I mean, that is scary to feel like you are not only like you don't know how to live without it because you've been on it so long, but now you're being told by all the experts too that you can't live without it. I mean, that's a lot coming at you to fight for yourself to get off of something, you know, like that's really hard to find the motivation to want to push through that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I've always been someone who is very intuitive. I just have, I've, I've had it in me from when I was young and when something's off, when an energy is off, when something doesn't feel right, I push to make sure that it's going to feel right. Good for you. Or I get, stay away from what doesn't feel right. And for years I knew it wasn't something that was good for me. And for years I knew that something was off and was wrong and that, you know, you start to think the side effects of this drug are you, right? Mm, you feel mm. like this side effect of anger outbursts. So that was one of my biggest, really bad side effects was that I would lash out at someone and two minutes later, almost like wake up. And I'm like, what did I just do? Like, it, it's scary that I had no control over my mind. I'd like, I went to Dave Carnegie and I was like, I'm going to be a better leader. And like, I did all the things and nothing was working. And I was like, what, what's wrong with me? And you're right? like, why do I have these anger outbursts? Like what's yeah, going it, on? And then you can even dive deep. Like what's deep within me that like, I need to like, try to like get to the bottom of, uh, but it's not, it's just the, and I've taken Adderall before too. And I don't, I don't know if I have really bad ADHD. I mean, it does help me focus a lot, but I get, my head gets hot and I get really angry. Like I can, yeah. my, my fuse is so short. Like I have yeah. no fuse. Yeah. And, and that, that was really detrimental for me. Um, it was something that affected my relationships. It affected business. Um, and I drank a lot because I, I needed to, to chill out. And Which is also the- not safe no. to be drinking a lot. On, so you're exercising all the time yeah. and you're drinking and you're, I mean, this is so bad for your heart. <laughs> And probably other things too. Yeah, my adrenals were shot. Um, My body was slowly shutting down. And I just, um, I I don't know. I I just felt like at at some point, something's got to change. Like I I am very, very adamant about this is not my reality. I'm going to make it better. Um, And I just didn't want it to be my reality. I I just, if I didn't fully try, I would have never known. Wow. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. 
Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so how old were you when you're like, I'm doing the detox and I'm cutting everything out. I'm moving to California. I'm like leaving this life behind and I am going to find Shiva. Yeah. By the way, you have the greatest name ever. You sound like just like you're so powerful. It's just Shiva. (laughs) Uh, The Indian version is goddess of destruction and mine is the Persian version, which means charming and eloquent. So very, very versatile name. Thank you. I love it. Um, yeah. So I was 32 years old. And um, again, I tried a couple times before and just was unsuccessful. And so um, I, you know, I, I announced that I was kind of being a silent partner on my businesses and then I was moving to California. And so um, I had tried a few supplements that really kind of eased the blow of the side effects that were super helpful through the process of getting off of it. And the doctors that I had worked with that were on the functional medicine side definitely were like thyroid, you know, hormones, all of these different things. Like these are the type of areas that you need to pinpoint. But until I was completely off the medication, there was really no way for me to start diving into my health. And so, um, you know, when I moved across the country and was in West Hollywood, um, I detoxed in West Hollywood in that apartment. 
How long did Um, that take? It took probably two or three months for me because I would not, I, I had to taper off so little because the, for me, the side effects were so bad that it was like flu like symptoms at one point. So like my body could only handle so much. Um, and now knowing why is because I don't detoxify things very easily. And a lot of people who might struggle with medications don't detoxify well. So, um, so yeah, I went through that process and just slowly started to do my own research. And then I started talking about it publicly and found out how many other people out there are struggling with the same stuff. I felt so alone in this journey because every doctor told me that there's something wrong with you, right? Like, oh. There's no side effects. Like, what are you talking about? Side how effects? Can, how, can, how can a doctor, yeah. and I'm not hating on, I'm not trying to hate on doctors because I love doctors and like, we all love doctors, but how can a doctor not think that Adderall doesn't have a side effect? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's literally on the prescription bottle and like, <laughs> it's very everything well has a side effect. Um, yeah. Everything it, we put in our body has a side effect. Like it's not like we put oh. in and nothing, you, nothing neutralizes in our body without a effect. Like there's anything we put in is going to have some sort of effect on our body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just, uh, you know, you, you, you get to a place and after years and years, if you think about it, the toxin buildup from being on that medication for 17 years just kept building and building and building. And so at some point I had to get rid of all of that. And so getting rid of it is just, it's a process. Um, And so, yeah, I slowly tapered because I don't believe in just cold turkey cutting it off because it can really mess with your brain. Um, And so, yeah, it took about two or three months. And then it was, you know, I, I even stayed on an anxiety and depression medication because I couldn't function without it. That was a time where I was very thankful for medication and needed to stay on it to really balance myself out. Um, and then from there, it was it was starting to be really mind blowing to me what nutrition could do for my body. That was that was number one. For years, I had really focused on exercise, right, and that was what was really important to me. Um, And then I realized how much nutrition was important and kind of backed away from the exercise because my body was healing. It was exhausted. And unfortunately, you know, exercise is a good stress, but it's still a stress on your body. And so exercise is something I really backed away from. Um, And so when I started to get into nutrition and realize what it was, and I just, I just went down the rabbit hole of, of learning of what needed to happen. And some of those tools and things were, you know, going gluten-free, going dairy-free. It was a lot of trial and error um, and investigating what worked best for me, uh, including relearning things, which is mind blowing at the age of 32, I'm relearning how to do the dishes. Right. So like, Shiva, you, you can't take the pill and then do the dishes. You have to get up and move and do on your own. And you have to rewire your brain to do these things without popping the pill. And oh my, because it's such a habit. It's such it a is. part of yeah. your, like, yeah. And it yeah. probably, and you get that feeling right. with it too. It's ingrained. Yeah, it's definitely ingrained in your brain. And I think that's why supplements in the beginning really helped me a ton is that it's okay, well, at least I'm taking a supplement or something, a pill that's waking me up. Um, I had to stop drinking caffeine completely. I There's a lot of little things that I had to kind of rid my body of while I was lowering the inflammation in my brain and my body. But you had such discipline to do this. The fact that you 
could a go cold, not go cold turkey, but, but cut this off and detox yourself and then detox yourself from so many other things too, like cutting out gluten, cutting out dairy, cutting out caffeine. I mean, these are things that most people don't have the willpower to do, you know, like to even go on this journey to see if it's affecting them because we're like, but I need my coffee and I can't give up my cheese. You know, it's like, it's really hard to, to give these things up. So you are a fighter. You are determined. Thank you. I, I think that I got a little glimpse of what it could feel like to be off of it. Um, as much as the detox process was tough for me, um, my, I, I don't know. I, I always mention this when I talk to people about it, but I just remember like being like, wow, look at those clouds, look at those trees. Like I, I just like enjoy the little moments of life all of a sudden. And I started to just internally feel a little bit calmer and a little bit more in, in a place that felt like myself. Um, it's hard to describe until you, you really experience it, but. So what um, were you like before? Oh, the Um, anger, the anger was gone. Yeah. The anger was gone. The, the, chronic, chronic anxiety of every little thing. Like, right. Like it's like, um, I didn't, I didn't finish this or I did like just little tiny tasks throughout my day that I would just stress about all day long. Uh, fixating, fixating was a really big one. Like someone might've said something to me a year ago and it might still pop in my head. Right. Like that, I, that like was hurtful. Right. Or, um, there's just a lot of those little things. Is that, is that part of the thing with Adderall is that you, um, it gives you focus. It makes you have focus, which is why I feel like people get on, give kids Adderall so they can focus in school. But what that focus does is it also creates, could, could create an obsessive behavior because now you are a, you are a, obsessing. It's not like you can just choose, oh, let me just focus on my schoolwork and then be my regular self in every other part of my life. It's like, no, you've taken the Adderall. And so now you're focusing, sure, on your schoolwork, but you're also focusing slash obsessing over everything else because you have this inner, this drug in you that is causing you to be so focused on everything that you can't let it go, right? You can't just flow with life. You have to like, everything you're doing is like intense focus, right? The OCD was terrible. Um, I would fixate on things for days, weeks, um, months. Things that didn't matter, probably. That didn't matter. That didn't matter that I couldn't let go of. I just couldn't let go of it until it was resolved or fixed or um, it really affected my my personal relationships too, my romantic relationships a lot. How um, did it affect your romantic relationships? I mean, I, first of all, didn't, didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to... Um, let that wall down. And I didn't know how to really have a emotions. Emotions were really cut off without her. All right. I remember weeks and weeks after just bawling my eyes out a lot, like things would affect me differently. And I was reminded like, Holy crap, these little things are affecting me. And wow, I need to learn how to handle it better. Right. Like those little things too were crazy, but, um, I, I just cut off dating. I, I was so fearful of, of not finding someone or not being able to, you know, have a long, you know, long, good, healthy relationship. I just, I just was like, this isn't going to happen for me. And I was just done with it. Um, it wasn't important to me. Right. It's like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Uh, this doesn't feel good to me. Well, I'm just, I'm not going to date anymore, or really? I'm not going to put myself out there and, and do that. And, this was in my, my thirties, right? I, 
I think deep down inside, I did want to have a relationship and I did want a family. Um, and for me to just cut all of that off because it didn't feel good and it was, it was off. And so I just, I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally available. Yeah. I, I wasn't emotionally there. I wasn't emotionally available. Um, and it took a lot of having an emotional intelligence to be able to have those relationships. And because I was taking a pill every day that was cutting all of that off, you know, it just, it just turned into, it doesn't matter. This is what, and like we said in the beginning, you're not a doctor. I am clearly not a doctor. I am just an interested person and I am so interested in health. Like I love studying health. Like I am so into acupuncture, chiropractic, yoga. I just got into the human design. That's not health, but I don't know if you've ever done human design human stuff. Design. Human yeah. design. What are you? So cool. I'm a uh, projector maybe. No. Okay. Sunny's a projector. I'm a generator. I think I'm a projector. Which yeah. makes sense because you're here to guide us. And yeah. so, um, I'm obsessed with human design, like can't get enough of it, but I, it's so fascinating to me because now that I have a daughter and I am so aware of, of, of like the, the medical side of the world, but I'm also so aware of the holistic side and there's not like your parents are great people, I'm sure. And you said they were holistic and less like parents aren't trying to make bad decisions for their kids. They're not trying to be a bad person by putting your kid on a Absolutely prescription not. that the doctor says to do. But the problem is when you are this, in my opinion, my non doctor opinion is when you put your kid on a pill at 12 years old, and that now is playing an integral part of their development, how how can that be beneficial in the long run? Because now they have a dependency and they're not getting to fully understand and uncover who they are as themselves. You know, you have this, this interference in your body and it's starting at that age that now is going to, you're going to have to be reliant on your entire life. And like you, you have, most people don't have the, the determination or the, even the awareness or the drive to want to, uncover their true self. I mean, 17 years later, you're going for it. Most people don't have this, this with this inside of them to go for it like you did, you know? And so you just stay in this numbed out OCD obsessive state that isn't really who you are. And I'm totally generalizing and I'm not a doctor and I'm saying so many things wrong. Everyone listening, I know that, but like, I'm just saying, I'm trying to make a broad point. You're, you're actually very spot on. Um, you know, obviously I coach clients every day and, um, it's, it's the same story over and over again. It's the same story over and over again. People listen to my story and they're like, I have been waiting to hear what you're saying because I felt so alone in this battle and thinking that I'm just not a great person or I'm, this is just who I am. And it's not, you know, and cause you're um, not a mean, angry person, but because of Adderall for all these years, your fuse was short. You couldn't, it just yeah. probably went off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that is, um, it takes a lot of work and, and what you're talking about is parents don't really want to do that, make that bad decision for their kids. They're doing what they think is best, but it really is a long-term versus a short-term solution. Right. And so the long-term solution is harder. It just is. It's more work. You have to put more work into it. Um, and, and that's a lot on a parent and it's understandable. And then it's like, okay, well, where do I even start? People don't know where to start or what that looks like. What is that process? What are the things that I need to be looking out for? What are the things so, that they're eating or doing? So for someone like you, 
who, if you could go back to that moment, that moment when you're 12, when you started going through puberty, you started having all these changes, you started being disruptive in class and all this stuff. And it, you know, you need to get, you need to get controlled a little bit. What would you now, now this, this, this wise Shiva that has lived this life and come on your own to the other side, what would you now do for 12 year old Shiva? Um, I think accepting who I am and accepting that I'm different. Um, but are you different? I, I am. I am different. My brain works a little bit different than because some. you're saying you do have ADHD. Yeah. I do believe that there's ADHD. I think that there's certain things that might cause ADHD. I think that we're all made genetically different too. So it can be a lot of different areas. It can be your genetics. It can be the lifestyle that you live. It could be a house that was filled with a toxin or mold. It could be a lot of different things that it could be a concussion that you get when you're in seventh grade. Right. So like it could be a lot of different things that might cause this, but I do believe my brain's a little bit different. I do. I, I definitely believe that. Can I thrive with that brain? Yes. And I think that's where we need to accept um, because, you know, I grew up in a family, a Persian family that, you know, and I think as in, in that generation, it was become a doctor, become a lawyer, become something like that. And you are successful. Right. And so maybe my brain wasn't meant for that, you know, and, and maybe I was trying to fit myself into a pitching myself into a hole that is not me um, and could cause more ADHD. And so a lot of times when I talk to people who are struggling with it, who have been on it for years, they're in a job that they hate, right. Or um, they're in a relationship that is not successful and is very toxic. Right. And so there's those things and there's that, that trauma, right? So trauma can cause major ADHD and, and diving and investigating and figuring out what's really at the root of what's causing those for you is vital for you to figure out what works best for you. And so I've always known I want to help people, right? And to what capacity and how is where I really had to investigate and what that looks like. And so um, understanding that our lives change as we get older and, and, you know, at different points in our life, we, we might want to be different things. Doesn't mean that we are bad or something's wrong with us. Right. And so it's evolving, it's, it's evolving and changing and to accept yourself, um, is really, really important through this journey is that I still have days where I struggle, uh, paying attention. I still have days where I'm like, I don't feel like it, right? But doesn't everyone have those days? Yeah. Right? And yes. so when you're, what, as important as the label is and, and telling someone, hey, your brain's a little bit different and this is why, because people might be able to understand, oh, well, that makes sense. There's also a negative part of that diagnosis and that is oh well I am ADHD and that's what that's what I struggle with and that you know and so it can go both ways it's how you're going to handle it and how you want to kind of accept who you are and and be successful in in that right a new season of Bridgerton is here and with it a new season of Bridgerton the official podcast I'm your host Gabrielle Collins and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So if you were starting over at 12 years old, you would say, accept yourself, accept that your brain works differently. And what would you do so you could, so you could be in the classroom and get your work done and, you know, do what you needed to get done. Like, what would you do to help yourself have some focus where you needed it without having to just go all in on taking Adderall? Like, what would a natural solution be that like, Someone right now listening who has a kid who's like in the same spot that you were in, you know, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Our kid needs some help focusing. I don't want to give them Adderall, but like everybody's telling me that's the answer. I don't believe it is, but I don't know another solution. What would you say? Yeah. So uh, a few things. One, let's talk about the hyperactive because there's seven different types of ADHD. And so every person's going to be a little bit different, which is another reason I don't understand how one pill fixes all different types of ADHD. But if someone is struggling with hyperactive ADHD, and which is a lot of what you're seeing in the kids, right, is that you can't sit still, whatever, um, you know, maybe they come home and they're like, I don't want to do my homework. Well, let's run outside back and forth for a minute and get some of that energy out, right? So let's focus on calming their brain a little bit to where they feel like ready to sit and focus in front of a computer, right? There's different interactive ways to do homeworks and those type of things. Figure out the things that excite them 
And maybe it's like you're putting music on for them in the background, or you're putting something on where they're a child that doesn't like to sit in a quiet room uh, where their brain's going a million miles an hour. Maybe they need some noise in the background, right? So kind of investigating with your child of how they like to learn, um, what excites them, what makes them happy, um, and burning some of that energy off is definitely in that area would be one of them. Another big thing that parents unfortunately miss the ball on is nutrition. I know it's tough because it is really hard to get parents to get their kids to eat certain foods, right? Um, it's investigating the foods that they like and the recipes that they like with the less inflammatory ingredients. Okay. So no refined um, sugars, no inflammatory oils, um, gluten is definitely one that I am a very strong believer that anyone with ADHD, anxiety, or depression should not be, uh, eating at all. And gluten's like an all bread, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, sourdough is a little bit different, but I still think that that is something to kind of stay away from. Is or bread the main, the main culprit of gluten or where like bread pastas, and like pastas, pastas. it can be carbs or yeah, it could be in your um, salad dressings. It could be in sauces. Dang. It could be in a lot of different things that, yeah, which is frustrating. because it's, it's so, really this is what, it gets overwhelming because you're like, oh my yeah. God, now it's like, you have to be a detective in every single thing you do. Yeah, so, and and that is what it's about. And for whatever reason, I've just found joy in being like, yes, I found, <laughs> I found this brand that is really great, right? Um, but I stick to more whole foods. I, I don't do the snacks as much. I, I stick to the things that I know are healthy for me. Um, and I've started to find ways to enjoy that, right? So there's so many recipes out there. Like we found a, a gluten-free, dairy-free um, hamburger helper the other day that was so good. It reminded me of my childhood, but it was completely something that I could enjoy and eat um, that is not going to make me feel like crap, right? And so a lot of what I do with my clients is show them this book of recipes that I found that I love and enjoy um, that you don't have to not enjoy yourself. You don't have to just eat the whole foods all the time. Um, but it's just eliminating those inflammatory foods and things Sh that cause inflammation. Sugar, gluten, where Refined can we? Sugar. So, you know, sticking to like a maple syrup or a honey or a coconut sugar, right? Um, another thing is inflammatory oil. So sticking with more of a coconut oil or an avocado oil or an olive oil. Um, so certain oils, when you cook them, become toxic, um, and they hit a certain heat, they're not great for you to eat and can also, also be causing a lot of your digestive issues. Um, gluten for sure. Um, I really, really believe in grass fed, grass finished beefs, right? So making sure that the meats that you're eating don't have a ton of hormones and antibiotics and stuff like that in there. Um, so that's something else that I really think is important. And like I said, whole food, whole food diet. So those are some of the big game changers for people. Um, I also eliminate dairy. It can be inflammatory for most people because of what and how dairy is made in the U S uh, like a raw dairy might not bother someone. Um, but we have to remember that dairy has a bunch of other stuff in it too. Right. So these milks and these cheeses and stuff, it's not just cheese. Um, it's not just milk. So that's another thing that has been really, really beneficial for clients. 
is this Shiva, this amazing Shiva's book of recipes, is that somewhere regular people can find or do we have to be your client to find it? Uh, right now, my client, <laughs> but I am working on doing something where it can be open to the public very soon. Okay, amazing. And we're going to have a, f- a few more questions I want to talk to you about. But what is your Instagram? Because everyone needs to follow your Instagram because you make amazing reels with such helpful information about natural alternatives for ADHD facts. Like I've learned so much about ADHD and natural healing from your Instagram. And I love it when people like you who have so much wisdom to share, you have such a great way of sharing it and making it like digestible and fun to fun to watch. And like, I see what you're posting. and I like, I receive it. Like I can understand it. It's like you make it very understandable and fun to learn. I appreciate that. My Instagram handle is Shiva, S-H-E-E-V-A wellness. So at Shiva wellness. So, okay. I want to talk about your breast implants for just a little bit, but before we wrap up your journey off of Adderall, what has changed in your life since you went, you've, you made that call, you got off of it. You completely changed your life. You had the gumption and the the drive and the ability to push through this really hard detox season to get to the other side after 17 years of being in the system of Adderall, what changed for you? Um, I have more meaningful relationships. I um, only seek authentic, good humans in my life. Um, I, I'm now engaged. I just got engaged in March. I truly believed I never was going to get married. And I, after years and years of going after the wrong men, finally figured out what was actually good for me and the type of man that I wanted to have by my side forever. So was that in part of getting off Adderall? Do you think that helped? I, I truly believe I would have never gotten married if I had not gotten off that medication. Because you wouldn't have been able to be vulnerable and like really let yourself open up. Nope. Cause I you, had, I had so much, I had, um, it, it would come out in anger or anxiety or I don't need you anymore. Bye. Right. So that was right. a lot of what I would do. It was like, I'm too good for you. Like who are guarded. you? Right? Guarded the guard. It, it was with everything that I did. Um, accepting myself and feeling authentic in what I do, feeling powerful and confident in that. I think that is really tough, especially when you're in a holistic health space, right? It's like, you're going against the norm. And for me, I am so strongly confident that this is who I am. This is what I want. Uh, This is my passion and this is where I'm going. Right. And so for many years I was lost in that. Um, I, I enjoy nature. I used to, I laugh, but I used to blare music on hikes. Um, I, I couldn't sit with my thoughts. I couldn't, um, sit in silence. I think that was one of the the biggest things for me is I'd have to, I couldn't sit still. I had to go. If I didn't have someone next to me 24 seven, it just, it wasn't, I love alone time now. Like alone time is my favorite. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel, I feel like myself, I understand myself a lot better. And so when I have moments where I'm having anxiety or if I'm having moments where I don't feel as confident, I can look at myself and say, this is not you. It's a moment. This is a thought. Um, and you're going to be fine. Right. And so I'm, I'm able to get past those hard moments a lot quicker where I used to just sit in them for weeks and weeks and weeks and not let them go. 
Um, and so something that- else to, to bring back on that too. It's like, like you said, short-term effect or long-term effect with like making this decision for your children to get on Adderall when they're young. It's like the kids are just having a moment. Like we're just, everyone's just having a moment. Like you're just having a moment where you're coming into a new version of yourself, where you're understanding something new about yourself. And when we come into new moments in ourselves, it's not always orderly. It can be a big giant mess. It can be chaos. It can be loud. It can be, it cannot be like how society wants it to be, you know, cause we're coming into something new within ourselves. And so And like you said, do you want a short-term effect or a long-term, like a quick fix, or do you want the long-term thing? But here's the thing. When you do a quick fix of Adderall, maybe you get the quick fix of focus, but look at all the negative effects that came with it, you know? So you're getting this one result. And that's something I think that is so important to pay attention to with medications and choices that we make. Sure. You get one result of okay, you, you're focused or something, but now look at all these other things that are happening that are not desirable because of that one choice yeah. or that one result that you're looking for. Now you have 20, 20 other side effects that are not desirable, that are not helpful, that are a byproduct of choosing, trying to fix this one thing. But are you even focused? Are you even finishing tasks? And so, um, it's, are you still jumping from thing to to thing? Are you still unhappy with what's in front of you all the time? Um, You know, we, we glamorize this feeling on Adderall when we're off of it, because we remember how speedy we were and how, how much energy we had and all these things. But when I really look back at it, I was still very ADHD on that pill. It didn't really help me as much as I thought it did. Goodness, hello! (laughs) Hi! That's so good. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're right. It's like, yeah, how 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 much is it really working yeah yeah and i think that's something to kind of understand and um think on but you know get started with nourishing your body with the things it's lacking right so figure out what what what's going on with your blood sugar balance what's going on with your nutrition and and where are you at uh, with your body so when you better understand your body you can be like oh i'm feeling this way it's because i did this right and so instead of saying oh i need to take this pill it's no i drank too much last night or i you know ate too much carbs for breakfast or I didn't sleep at all last night right it's right like, there's a logical reason probably for why you're having a feeling <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so again, investigating that is so, so important to your success long-term. Shiva, I freaking love that you've gone on this journey and I want to, we're going to wrap up because I think we've already talked an hour and it's your birthday, which I'm so (laughs) thankful that you would come on this podcast and share your birthday with us. But talk to me about your breast implants because you had breast implants and you loved them. You weren't like this person who got them and was like, oh my God, I don't feel like myself. I want these out. Like you loved them. They they made you feel great. You loved your body, the way you looked. But once again, you made this hard decision to take them out. You actually had them removed. And I feel like this is a conversation happening right now where a lot of women are like, I'm feeling all these like side effects. And I think it might be because of my breast implants, but I don't want to take them out because I love the way they make me feel and look. But you went on this journey as well. You've gone some hard physical journeys. It Talk to been, me about this. It has been a journey. Yeah. So um, about two or three years ago, my autoimmune symptoms got unbearable. So after Adderall, I would say I've dealt with autoimmune ever since I got off Adderall um, and have just still trying to figure out what was going on. And so three years ago, I, it got to a place where I was waking up with random allergic reactions. So that includes like being in a new hotel room and I would just, my whole entire face would go swollen. Um, I'd exercise too much and my stomach would be bloated. I'd be constipated. I'd, um, I'd get emotional. I would again, get swollen all over. And it was just this constant reaction to things. Like I got a new puppy and I would just swell and it was hypoallergenic. Like there would just be these, every move I made, uh, started to get really hard. And, you know, it doesn't matter what food I ate, I would get sick. Like it was just getting to a place where I was not able to live life. Um, and as I was really in the holistic health space, I work with a ton of different functional medicine doctors and every single one of them said, until you get your implants out, you're not going to heal. And as much as I wanted to believe them at the time, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that this, you know, me taking out my implants is just going to eliminate all of a sudden all of these issues. And so, um, I decided to leave my full-time job a a while back. And when I did that, I was like, this is my opportunity to, to make this happen. Like 
I, my fiance was so supportive and was like, I just want you to feel better. You know, like you need to feel better. And if this is the root cause of all of this inflammation that's happening in your body, like let's make it happen. And so I got my implants out and, um, within two or three days after like the inflammation fell off, I was eight pounds lighter. Um, it's hard to tell in photos and videos and stuff, but like you can very, very much tell the difference in the amount I was bloating in my stomach. Um, foods didn't hurt my stomach. I obviously I'm still gluten and dairy free, but, um, you know, eating a tomato or eating like something that you think is supposed to be healthy for you wasn't bothering me as much, um, to zero issues at all. Um, I, my mood changed, man, my anxiety level changed everything. And so it was a real eye opener to me. I mean, it's a very obvious thing. It's a, it's a foreign object in your body. I, I guess I should have just known better and gotten it out, but it's a hard decision. It's a hard decision. It's a super to make. hard decision. Yeah. You, you, um, you get them for a reason, right? Like you want to feel balanced in your body. You want to feel good about yourself. And I hate bras, like who wants to wear a bra, right? So like, <laughs> I very much loved my implants. They weren't too big. They were very natural. Um, Man, I can only imagine how good it feels to have nice perky boobs. I mean, mine, I'm just like, I kind of got to like lift them up to get them and get some good cleavage going. I'm like, nobody wants to see these without a bra on. I'm telling you that much. But it's like to have nice perky boobs. I mean, that would be a very hard thing to let go, especially when you love them, you know? Yeah. And to be honest, it was really affecting my ADHD, my brain fog. When I woke up in the morning, I would wake up super stuffy every morning. Um, and just so out of it. Like I, I was, I was, it was getting really bad. And so for years I thought it was the Adderall. Right. So like, I was like, Oh, I'm still healing. And some doctors were like, it could take up to 10 years. And I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't add up. Like I'm doing everything right. I don't drink alcohol. I eat perfectly. I, I literally do everything under the sun and something's not adding up and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So, um, yeah, I, I took the leap again and it, it's so funny being on the other side again, like the recovery wasn't that bad. I saw symptom changes within a week of getting them out. Um, and I'm just, again, so glad I listened to my gut and said, you know, the facts, like, you know, if, if, if you're this allergic to everything outside of your body, why would you not be allergic to something that is inside your body? And so, um, yeah, it's just breast implants are unfortunately filled with a bunch of toxins. And again, if I can't detoxify easily, how is that going to be beneficial for my body? And so I've really come to love my small boobs now. And, um, I feel comfortable in my body. And to be honest with you, a lot of clothes look a lot better with smaller boobs. Yeah, so they do and to have small boobs. <laughs> it's amazing. Sheila, you are just such an inspiration because you have made hard choices that are not the, it's not the easy choice. It's not the feel good choice in the media. Like it's not, it does not feel good to get off of Adderall. There's so many reasons to want to stay on it. And there's so much that you have to self-discover. You have to go through so much to detoxify, like taking your breast implants, like a same kind of thing. It's not like you want to do this. It's, you know, and so you have made these hard choices for your health, for yourself, for your mental clarity, for you as a person, the soul of you and to fight for yourself like this. And to, at the end of the day, like, choose your well-being over what anyone else says is beautiful or will make you 
more efficient or effective in this world, but to go with what you know is true and to go on that fight and that journey. I just have so much admiration and respect for you that you have gone down this road because it is definitely the road less traveled. Thank you so much. I just want to say to everyone out there, put yourself first, um, put yourself first. It, you know, the career, the doing it for other people, do it for yourself. Like if you live every single day, extremely unhappy in your own body and feel inauthentic to who you really are, listen to that. Um, you, you are able to be happy. You are able to heal. Um, it's possible. Man, I was going to say, leave your light. I always wrap up with leave your light, which is what do you want people to know? But I mean, I feel like you just said it. Like, (laughs) I really do. I feel like that's it. Is there anything else that you want to leave with people? Because I feel like that was like so brilliant. That's it. Shiva Wellness. Thank you so much. Okay. Tell us your Instagram again. Everyone go follow her. You will love it. Shiva Wellness. S-H-E-E-V-A Wellness. And happy birthday to you. Thank you. 38, 30 great. Thanks. This is going to be your best year yet. You're getting married this year, yes, right? I am getting married. Yeah. And, and he's so handsome. And I love that he's, yeah. you said he's corporate, but he's also like a yoga guy too. Yeah. So like you had best of both. You found, look, because you fought for yourself, you found this amazing guy to match your energy and your desires. And like, it's just, that's, I'm so, it's just so exciting to see like when you choose you, what actually plays out. Absolutely. Agreed. Thank you so much for coming on, Chiva. Happy birthday. You're the best. And everyone, we are going to do a quick, on this, this is a Monday's episode you're listening right now. So tune in Thursday. We're going to do a quick how-to episode with Chiva all about some wellness tips that you're not going to miss. So tune in Thursday for a quick how-to episode to get some great facts from this brilliant mind that is Chiva. Okay. Love you, girl. Bye.